Hi, Be The Bridge community. What you're about to listen to is a Facebook Live interview that we had in the past that we thought that would be helpful for this season in our country. So I want you to sit back and listen because this information could be helpful and hopeful. And so as we always say, we want you to listen, we want you to learn, we want you to lament, and we want you to leverage. So enjoy. You're listening to Sounds of Justice, a Be The Bridge podcast. I'm here with Don Laughlin, right? Yep. And Susan and Stephen, they are from North Atlanta Church of Christ. And I'll say that again. And we're doing our monthly beat, um, BTB live um, interview. And so this is going to be a great interview. So if you guys are sitting there and you've wondered... Um, how do we implement Be The Bridge in our church? Mm. You know, like wh- what are ch- other churches doing? Um, mm. This is going to be the conversation you don't want to miss. And so mm. before we get started, Don um, is the pastor of a church called North Atlanta um, Church of Christ here in the Atlanta area. They're actually yep. in the Dunwoody area. Yep. And um, he is the senior pastor. And Don, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey. And then we're going to tell them how we got connected and you got connected to Be The Bridge. Okay? Nice, <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, uh, we're super excited. We love you, Tosh, and your leadership. We're so thankful for what God is doing through you. And uh, so my wife and I and our family were called uh, to this work 21 years ago this month. Oh, wow. And, uh, so uh, we have five young adult children and two grandchildren. We have four boys and a girl. And uh, we, uh, you know, obviously we're loving that. Uh, Susan and I have been married 36 years in August. And uh, so that's all, you know, a wonderful <laughs> gift on my end. She can tell you how she's feeling about it. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when we moved uh, here to this church, uh, you know, it was a little bit surprising from the standpoint that it was in Atlanta, but still like, you know, 97% everyone wrapped in my color, right? Okay. And that was confusing. We we're coming from Indiana and I kind of anticipated that Atlanta, you know, a church would be more uh, balanced in its representation of the community. So I was kind of surprised by that. So one of the very first questions I asked our leadership was, are you primarily white on purpose or do you just not know how to reach out to people that aren't white? Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, that conversation kind of led me to believe that, you know, their hearts were longing to do something more to see Mm -hmm. what God could do. And man, you know, and then a hard decision was made in 1998 that we were determined to be a Christ-centered, diverse, community-impacting church. Mm-hmm. And that became a part of who we are. And so today, uh, I promise you, we ain't 97% one color today. Uh, so that's a little bit of our background. I love it. I love, you know, how you said Christ-centered, you know, diversity. Because yes. I think that's where it has to start, you know, where... God has to do something in your heart first. It has to become a conviction, Ooh, you know? Yes. And I think the key thing is, you know, we can have, we can be a part of a church and you can have a vision for a church, but ultimately the pastor is carrying that vision. And so when the pastor gets it, yeah, um, that helps. And, you know, and for some of you who you're listening and you're like, well, my pastor is just, he's, he's not getting it. You know, I want you to tag them in this. <laughs> Yes. Um, you can forward this message to them after yes. we finish. Um, yes. You can, um, you know, you can share some of the points here. But it, and then also, what you have to do is pray for your pastor. Definitely, mm, that's it's right. Absolutely, the heart condition, and a that's lot of right. people are. It's a there's a fear there. You know, um, this. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about some of the challenges and some of the loss and some of the things that you know as you've gone through your journey. But I also want them to know how we met. Um, I was at the time living in um, living in Austin, Texas, and I came to um, Atlanta to visit um, for I was there was a meeting uh, with Reggie Joyner and Bernice King. That's right. Bernice was kicking off the um, the um, better better 
better together. You were a part of that. Yep. And I'm sitting there and he's sitting there and you could go ahead. You could tell him the story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I come to this meeting and you know, I'm excited because I love Bernice King's leadership. I, you know, I just, I love what she means to this community. So I was really excited to be a part of it, but it was our first meeting. Right. Right. So I'm sitting there and we had just started our be the bridge groups, our first be the bridge groups. Right. So I'm staring across the way there and I'm thinking, wait a second, that's Latasha Morrison over there. I totally did not expect it, you know. So then I thought, ooh, I'm going to go over there, take a selfie, text all the ladies in our Be the Bridge group. They'll be jealous, you know, that here I am standing there with Latasha, yeah. which is what I did. And the response was perfect. No way. You what? You know, and, uh, but it was that night where our brief conversation just overflowed with your spirit and the same spirit that was bubbling up in the sisters in our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought then, actually, to, to be very transparent here, and Susan can testify, mm-hmm. I started praying that night that God would move you back to Atlanta. <laughs> so it's oh. your fault. <laughs> Man, we, we needed you here. Oh, man. So we're thrilled. Yeah. So so I moved back in November and uh, one of the first churches and pastors to reach out to me and just welcome me here um, was Don and Susan and the people over at North Atlanta. Um, You guys um, hosted a lunch Mm. for me and then all the ladies that were a part of the Be The Bridge groups, they got up and spoke about their experience. It was just really so good because at the time, you know, you're although I, I knew God was leading me back to Atlanta, you still have that yeah, that doubt, like, okay, yep. did I make the right move? Is this? Mm-hmm. It's like, how is this going to work out? Like, you know, and and I mm. think that was just a confirmation, you know, mm. um, you know, for me, and just how you guys just loved on me. It was just great, and so, yeah. and I got to meet a lot of wonderful people. Yeah. And it hasn't stopped, you know. Uh, we had right. a um, a volunteer meeting. We That's hosted right. that. Um, Judy Gage, who actually um, is a uh, on staff at your yep. church. Um, yep. She, you guys, she has helped me so much. <laughs> I am so thankful. So, it's, you bet. You know, and these are just ways that when you know when you're dealing with a um, a nonprofit organization like ourselves, when you have churches kind of come alongside and just. Yeah. You know, what is it that you need? You need us to make copies. We can make copies and, mm. you know, just just different things like that. That just helps so much. And so I'm so grateful for you mm. and for your leadership. And I was just talking to um, Elizabeth, one of our admins. We were texting mm. earlier and she said, oh, I love Don. Um, <laughs> you, you encourage them a lot. Just, you know, just in the times that they've met you, yes. um, you've encouraged yes. them. Um, it gives them hope. You know, she's you in Missouri. Missouri, Kansas City. <laughs> She's probably laughing now. I always get that mixed up. But, uh, you know, just a, a, as far as their journey within their church. And yes. So we're going to get into this now. And, okay. and and Susan, why don't you introduce yourself and then Stephen, if you can introduce yourself mm-hmm. um, to the audience. Sure. Um, well, I'm Susan McLaughlin. I'm married to Dawn. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I met Latasha at that luncheon that uh, we hosted for you when you first arrived to Atlanta. And um, I was invited into a Be the Bridge small group in 2017, um, one of the first two groups that North Atlanta had. And um, my life was really radically changed. I didn't know how much I had to learn. I still now realize I have a lot to learn. And, um, and it's just changed me personally. I am such a, a believer in this work of Be The Bridge. And I've had the opportunity now. <laughs> I almost feel like, um, I don't know, like I need to get your permission because <laughs> I have taken Be The Bridge on the road. Yes, <laughs> she has. <laughs> I was invited into a conference call of, with leaders from another church who wanted to know. Uh, they had lots of questions and uh-huh. were ready to get started with their own groups and wanted, you know, just ask me our experience here at North Atlanta. And so um, 
you know, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I am so sold on this and, uh, I'm in my second group right now and just very excited about how this is transforming individuals, uh, in Atlanta and specifically at our church. I'm so grateful for you. I know like sometimes I get, we get emails and I have people who, um, just so you guys know, there's no way in the world I can answer the Be The Bridge emails. (laughs) No way. We have a team of people that answers those emails. And sometimes, especially when there's a church writing in and they want coaching. And right now we haven't Mm. set up a lot of our coaching um, um, parts yet, but that is coming. But, Mm. um, you know, just we were able to call on Susan and I think someone else and they were they've been able to help some of the churches through Mm -hmm. um, some questions and stuff like that and just our wonderful team so I'm so thankful for you and and Stephen if you could introduce yourselves and tell us what you do at North Atlanta. Sure. Uh, my name is Steve Maxwell. I'm a worship and communications minister here at uh, North Atlanta, and I've ble- been blessed to be here now uh, over three years. Come on. And it feels like time has, <laughs> yeah, I know, time has has flown by. It has, you know, they say mm. if you are having fun with what you're doing, then yeah. time goes away. And so this literally has been the case for me. Yeah. I moved here with my beautiful wife, Alicia. Uh, and, and so, Alicia, you mentioned Judy Gage earlier. Alicia and Judy Gage uh, are my entry into Be The Bridge. And so they uh, led a group and then Alicia is getting ready to start another group, a second group. But anyway, that is my entry into Be The Bridge. And so my home, me and my three sons now are a Be The Bridge house. And so okay. I, uh, and it has been a blessing. And as you can yeah. imagine, uh, mm. Jonah 13, Judah 10, and Josiah uh, 9 are all being blessed because of the conversations. And now mm. the way we're able to have the conversations, starting with Christ in our homes, which right. has been right. affected by the leadership of my wife. And so that has been been a blessing. But I am enjoying my time here uh, at North Atlanta and leading our worship ministry and working with our church. And in the conversation, conversations uh, and and if I can say the vibe that be the bridge is creating mm. here in our church yeah. uh, that word. speaks toward what our our mission is here at North Atlanta it's just it has been a blessing I've loved it so Yes, honored yes. to be here. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. And so, one of the things that um, I found out, you wrote a book um, called Love First, and so um, yeah. I'll hold the book up. And so we've been doing some monthly conversations and I and I think I really wanted to talk with um, Don and his team today because he wrote a mm-hmm. book based off of this vision, you know, and this yes. is I mean, when you their what church website is called Love First. And so there's some chapters in here that he um, that he talks about some things that we're going to get into. But I want I want you to just kind of talk to me about your process and and writing this book. And then I want us to talk about just this first section on sick church in a sick world. You know, like Mm. we right now is, you know, what I'm finding is so hard for in church right now for people, you know, not for all people, but for, for some people are having, they're having a difficult time. Um, We're in a a different season, you know, um, people as they're growing in this conversation, um, they're, they're, Unlike you, your church, where your church, um, your Be The Bridge group started in your church. A lot of times these groups are starting in someone's home. This is just someone, you know, who found out about Be The Bridge and they started with some friends or maybe started in their community or maybe started within their church, but they're not in church leadership. And so as they're learning Mm. and they're growing, you know, in this, they're having a difficult time because it's not being matched at church. So they're learning all yep. these new things yep. and the churches, you know, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of being the headlights and the church is on the, on the, the back end. And so for a lot of people, <clears throat> it's discouraging, you know, yep. Um, yep. you know, a lot of people, you know, some people have, you know, they're like, you know, cause I, I tell people to, you know, to have meetings with the pastor, you know, um, right. but the thing is the way be the bridge is developed is very grassroots. And so, right. You know, right. you can, anyone can do this. It doesn't, we tried to make it so that it, in a way that is, it, 
it's theologically framed where anyone yeah. can have this conversation. And that's and we want to keep it um, that way, because I think sometimes if we have to start from the head down, it is it, it's difficult, you know. Yeah, so, so we have it and, you know, be the bridges where you can kind of start from the bottom up, you know, right. and, and then you do have right. other things out there where it kind of starts from the head down. Um, yeah. um, like some of the stuff that my friend Lee Jenkins is doing. But yeah, so I just really, you know, if, if there's a word of encouragement also that you have for those people out there right now that are kind of struggling and, you know, and they're, you know, um, discontent and, you know, discouraged, you know, and then, you know, I know, you know, some people, they, you know, they, they're, they've been kind of fighting in this and some people have chosen that, you know, like, hey, let's move on to where there's a vision for this. You know, we can't control the vision here, you know. Um, so let's I want you to just talk about that and just just journey and maybe give some word of advice um, to addressing you know, this with some of our listeners. Wow. Well, I know that was a mouthful. No, that was beautiful. Because <laughs> something that really touched me about your work. And, you know, of course I'd heard you and then I read and then I met you. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was confirmed is, is that you're Christ centered. I mean, this thing flows out of what Christ is doing in you. And what I want to say to people is it's got to flow from what the spirit is doing in us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, for instance, one of the things that, that I realized was, okay, when I'm reading scripture and I'm seeing Things in Scripture like, wow, look at the look at the work of Jesus in kind of leveling the playing field, you know. And so you might have a guy like a Zacchaeus who, man, who would look at him as an ally? Jesus saw through all of that, saw deep into his heart, all over the pages of the Gospels. The Pharisees are like, you know, like the bad guys. But Mm -hmm. you've got Nicodemus, you've got Paul, you've got Joseph of Arimathea. All of these people behind the scenes, like you say, with some yeah. fear, but Jesus knew not everyone is who they appear to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So don't imagine that you would just, oh, well, alienate so-and-so, alienate so-and-so. No, no, no. And you let the Lord, you know, do his thing because he's changing us, right? He's one working mm-hmm. on us. So one right. of the things that happened here was, you know, we took very serious some conversations. Like I sat down 17 years ago with a brother right here in the office where I'm sitting. And I said, listen, mm-hmm. man, I got, I got questions I want to ask and I want to ask them specifically to a black man. And I said, but I don't know how to word those questions. I, I'm, I'm going to use words that are offensive, but I don't know it. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask questions that I think are important and you're going to let me know, no, that's not the big question. This is the big question. Mm-hmm. What I'm wondering is, would you be a conversation partner for me? He said, absolutely. That day, that, that particular day, we spent five, five hours together. Wow. Okay. Now his name is Dr. Jerry Taylor. He's a professor out at Abilene Christian university Mm -hmm. and he started the racial unity leadership summit that this, I just want to put, put him in context. This is the guy. Well, so when I heard Jerry tell that story for the first time, Okay, so I I know my side of the story. First time I heard Jerry tell that story, the part that he told was that we finished on our knees, holding hands, crying and praying together. Now, we did. We did. Okay, we did. But when I would tell the story, I would tell it from, man, I got this brother that took me in, put his mantle over me, you know, uh, uh, laid his, his, his uh, uh, willingness to help me put that around me and say, come on, let's walk together. What he remembered was us on our knees praying together. Mm-hmm. So what that told me right there is every single conversation I'm in, mm-hmm. it will mean some, something to me. It'll mean something to the other person. And if we spend some time together, the spirit will help both of us see what it meant to each other. Okay. Absolutely. So I want to say that as a word of encouragement. Mm, Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. As far as the book, what happened there was our elders of our church said to me, they said, Don, here's what we want you to do. We want you to spend time with the Lord. We will spend 40 days in prayer. Wow. For yes, for you. 
And what we want you to do is we want you to seek the Lord. Uh, this is 2013. Um, and we prayed together. We put together a prayer guide for 40 days. Coming out of the last 10 days of that, uh, the, uh, some of the elders approached me and said, let's do it another 40 days. Mm. Mm. Let's do it another 40 days. I said, well, during those 40 days, why don't you guys start putting down things the Lord is laying on your heart, right, mm -hmm. about our church? We come down almost the end of that one. They said, let Let's, I'm not kidding you. Let's do it another 40, 40 days. days for discernment before the Lord. We came into January of 2014. They got up. They said to the church, join us in another 40 days of prayer. So by the time we got, you know, what? You know, what, where are we now? 160 days, right? Yeah. First John 419. We love because. Mm. Wow. He first loved us. Yeah. So what does God do first? God loves first. God is love. God loves first. God loves before he creates. Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. For God so loved the world, right? Yeah. So he loves before he creates. He loved before he commanded. He loved before people sinned. He loved before he called them out. Yeah. Uh, see, see, so there's not one thing that ever has ever happened in the history of humanity humanity that was not preceded by and prioritized in love. So my realization was if we want to do anything that remotely resembles him, gotta love. Gotta love. it's got to be love first, first. Right. Yeah. above everything else. Yeah. So that's what birthed that vision was that uh, commitment to prayer. And then that's what birthed the book. Wow. Right wow. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> I know. And, in the book, you talk about um, sometimes the sick symptoms of a sick church, and um, <laughs> and you you know you, you you talk about that, and 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 I just if you can, there was just some things in there um, as you as you um, did this study. You know what are you know what the main thing like? Can you pull out just one thing from that chapter? Yes. Um, yes. that you would want to share, you know, yes. when you talk about the symptoms. Um, there's some, there's some, some, maybe some people listening, you know, um, that I know that some people are going through some hard things right yes. now. Yes. Um, and, you know, not even just related to, um, as we're talking about um, racial reconciliation, but I know, you know, there's some churches that are dealing with hard things with their leadership, you know, all with right. more failures, all kinds of things that are happening. And so, you know, where they're trying to seek this, you know, wisdom and you yes. know, next steps and stuff like that. Yes. So if you could just speak to um, just one of the things from there. Okay. So, you, you know, the background story was uh -huh. we were looking at this Ebola crisis and uh, we were right up close and personal to that because Dr. Kent Brantley, who was the guy that was infected with Ebola, became the national face of Ebola, right? Uh -huh. his, I, I've worked with his uncle uh, for 25, for 20, over 20 years. He's our executive okay. pastor. Right. I knew Kent when he was a six-year-old boy uh -huh. in Indiana. So one of the things he told us after he uh, was uh, healed from this is he said, here's the thing that happened. We actually had people think they were getting sick at the hospital. Mm. So you had sick people thinking that the hospital was making them sick. So we had to go out into villages and rebuild trust. So I said to the church, here, we're, the church is in the same place. Mm -hmm. People think that the church is making the world sick. And you know what? We have been making the world sick. You know, we act like the smartest people think like us and everybody ought to be scared of what we're scared of. You know, yeah. and I'm stepping back and I'm saying, wait a second, people, you didn't see any of that stuff in Jesus. That's not how he approached people. So what mm. we got to do is we got to step back up and say, would we be willing to go back out into the community and say, hey, listen, man, we know we know that we put some stuff on the world that has hurt people, wounded people. We were complicit in, in not just then, but now we're complicit in so many things that, that make it hard for people to really, really come to the Lord. Would you sit down and share that with us? We're not here to tell you what you should have thought or how you should process us. 
we want to know what in the world are you feeling and how can we come alongside of you? Mm-hmm. And when you become a place that starts listening like that, people start talking. Yeah. And it opens up some healing. That is good. I want to, that's excellent. I want to jump to, um, and we can probably get some input from like Stephen and Susan to kind of talk about the journey. The one thing I love, like when I met Don, like there's a lot of times when I meet, people from a church and like maybe the wife is involved with be the bridge and maybe other people aren't, um, or either maybe, um, <laughs> you know, there's a, a leader somewhere else, you know, right. and they're trying to encourage their pastor or the pastor's wife to get involved. You know, it just depends. But when I met you guys to see that, you know, your wife was a part of a group, also, you, um, you were encouraging that, you know, the leaders in your church, you know, like Stephen is a leader uh, within the church and his wife is a part of it. You like bet. all these leaders' wives are a part of this. And I'm like, yes, that's where it begins. Like, yes. That's where it trickles down. And you were you were doing this with your leadership. And I want to talk about um, chapter 16. And it talks about love does not delight in justice. Mm, and I want right. to talk about how um, Susan kind of some of your journey. Um, Stephen, we can talk about some of the things that you're doing in your department um, as it relates to um, healing with bridge building, um, because that's actually one of the chapters in here or one of the sections sections in the book is healing with bridge building. And I, and I think, I think we met after that, right? Yeah. After that. So that's um, correct. Sorry so if you could just if we can just talk about um, chapter 16. And I think um, because a lot of times I hear people when you, you mention love and people, they think it's they use it as a scapegoat in the sense where it's like, yes, all we need to do is just love, you know, and like they put a period there. Right. Where love is action. It's a verb. Yes. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, right. it's emotion. And so. um and so one of the things you, you say, you know, one of this this thing about love is that makes justice a non-negotiable. That's right. You know, that's justice right. non-negotiable. And I want to um, you. There's a good statement here. I don't know. Do you have your book here? With you? I do. Yep. OK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love just that um, that first those that first. Um, sentence if you want to read that or just you 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 have it in you so you can just talk about that um i just love how you talk about just defining the char- characteristic of life and what justice how it intertwines with love is the the um the, um the production of love you know so yes so what happened was i felt like let, let me make a, a quick uh caveat on this mm-hmm. one of the things that i wanted to do with the book, and I do it in the very first introduction, is I challenge the notion that love is uh, unconditional. Okay, mm-hmm. I challenge that notion because what is unconditional is is our condition. God loves us no matter what our condition is. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the that's the unconditional part, but God's love is so conditioned. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'm in air conditioning right now. I know if it's on or if it's off. Right. So I looked at first Corinthians chapter 13 and I said. Mm -hmm. Of love right there. Those Mm -hmm. are the conditions. Mm -hmm. Love is always patient. Love is always kind. It doesn't seek its own way. It's not easily angered. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So God never unhooks. Mm. from those conditions see so i mean his own son's on a cross what are you gonna do well you don't Mm -hmm. unhook right so one of the things i want to clarify was the idea that we would say we love and turn a blind eye to injustice that makes no sense whatsoever Mm -hmm. absolutely zero right so i'm not buying it the idea that we could say we love people and then not do something to actively on personal and systemic levels, start addressing injustices. So we'll often ask the question, you know, like, well, was justice served? And one of the things Mm. I want to clarify is that in this country, which I love, I was born here, I love our country, Mm -hmm. but one of our our attorneys here at at our church said, you got to be careful about how you talk about this. They said, we don't have a justice system. 
We have a legal system. Justice is a value, right? Mm. So people can do very unjust things legally, Mm -hmm. right? So just because someone was able to figure out how to manipulate the law doesn't necessarily mean justice was served. Mm. See? Mm. So I started realizing, oh, I see what you're saying. So as an attorney, his commitment, we have many, men and women, his commitment specifically is to accomplish justice in the legal system. So mm. if love is is always conditioned mm. by the determination that we're going to be just, right? Mm-hmm. Then that means that I'm going to be looking for all, all kinds of opportunities, small and large, to restore justice in the arena of my influence. And that can be something like one of our sons who's in his PhD program right now, he said, here's the thing. He said, if a university hires a black female in a position for which I am qualified, I'm okay with that. You know why? Because people like me have had a shoe in in those positions Mm. forever. So at the end of the day, if I'm qualified and she's qualified, and they choose her because they want to bring her voice to the table, Mm. I'm good with that. And And that's your son. Boom. Wow. That's right. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That's excellent. (laughs) That's great. So I think that's what we've got. What I I want to say more than anything to people is don't give in to unconditioned love. Don't give yourself a pass, uh, uh, you know, like – Man, <laughs> I, that's enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's really good, um, Don. Yeah. I mean, that just and it shows you just seeing the fruit of what you're doing um, in your church. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some things that you guys do because yeah. a part of this work um, is imba- about investing. You know, and right. you're going to lose and you, there are going to be challenges. Yeah. And so, um, Susan, you know, I know you've gone through some stages as far as, you know, um, through this. But what really compelled you to to um, become a part of um, the of Be the Bridge within your church? And what has that journey looked like for you um, just as, you know, a sister, you know, as a mom and as a wife, you know? Right. Well, as you can already hear through Dawn, um, it wasn't like Be the Bridge came along and, and suddenly we said, hey, why don't we start, you know. No, this has been, a, yeah, 17 <laughs> years, right? <laughs> right. Right. So this was really something that we believed in. Um, we are passionate about. Uh, we saw, we believed that this is who we should be. Mm-hmm. Um and we were changing as a church already. Yeah. We sent yeah. a lot of changes. Um, and so, like a lot of our listeners, I became familiar with Be the Bridge in 2017 at the uh, right. gathering simulcast when you were being interviewed by uh, uh, Jenny Allen. Okay. Okay. And um, uh, that was my first time to see you, was on a screen. I'm telling you, I think and a million here. people watch that thing. That's right. <laughs> That's so. right. And it wasn't all just no. sisters. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, I love it. Um, I'll tell you, when in that interview, we had a room full of women. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we might have had close to 500 ladies there. And... Um, everyone got so excited when they heard you cast your vision Yes, because it fit who we were. It it fit our vision, uh, what we believed God's will was for his church. And um, so we just resonated and hung on every word you shared. And, um, you know, I'm North Atlanta is a unique place in that (laughs) You know, even though I'm married to Don, I'm not usually told that I have to lead in a certain way. Yeah. Or that, you know, Susan, we want you to do this. You know, they they really um, have allowed the Holy Spirit to guide me personally. 
and mm. allow me to choose the areas that I want to invest myself into that I believe God is calling me to. And I yeah. love that. You know, yeah. I don't know if other churches, their the wives get to do that. But, you know, I, I, I'm like every other member. I listen to the voice of God in my life and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And um, so I was actually invited into one of the first groups that very organically happened at North Atlanta. Um, and this is a question I do get when I'm talking to other churches. They want to know, well, how do you get started? You know, yeah. uh, do the leaders have to go through some kind of training? Yeah. A small group. Yeah. And, you no, know, I'll tell you what, when the Holy Spirit touches you, you know, you're not really waiting for somebody to, to <laughs> declare you. That's you know, right. Somebody. That's right. You know, so ladies, um, Stephen's wife, Alicia, tapped me and she said, I want you in our group. You know, uh -huh. and so Judy Gage, you know, Judy yeah. <laughs> asked me to, to be in their group. So that was one of the first groups. And um, I got to say, though, um, the Lord really humbled me um, because I, I thought I knew a lot more than I did. Yeah. I thought I, I understood more than I did. Yeah. And, uh, and this is important because I think a lot of times we do, you know, um, and what it is, is you don't know until you just be quiet yeah. and you listen, you're in a group, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, something very, very special about a small, intimate group that meets to discuss these very pertinent, intentional conversations. Mm -hmm. And you start getting to hear what your sisters have lived through, yeah. some of their challenges. Um, their struggles, their families, you know, you have uh, exercise and I believe it's maybe the second lesson or third lesson of the uh -huh. curriculum where we do our um, genograms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that and part I'll, confuses I'll a lot of people. We're going to explain it a little better in the book. <laughs> okay. But basically for those of you listening that you don't know what that is, you share your own family tree and you trace kind of like how racism has shown its head in your personal family and how that those yeah. um, systemic things have been passed down in your own family and um, how that's mm. affected you. And as you start sharing this, um, you really start getting very personal with one another. Um it, it really does change you because suddenly this isn't the, this issue takes on uh, faces yeah. and people yeah, that you yeah. care about. So and there's a lot of vulnerability that um, just so much vulnerability that this work begins in. Yes, and you know, and it takes. I mean, and that just requires humility. You know. Yes. And I and if you, if that's something that's hard for you, like once you get, if you can be vulnerable. And just say, right. I, I don't know, you know, yep. I, yep. And, and just and just can and, and listen and be able to listen to stories and develop this sense of empathy and just just come in the notion thinking that possibly everything you've been taught probably was wrong, you know, and that's yeah. hard to admit, you know. Yes. And so, yes. um, Stephen, you know, I know your wife led one of the groups Um you know, I know you are the worship and communications pastor. So what are some things as the church has been on this journey, um, you know, to be more inclusive of all people? Um, how has that impacted your job, um, you know, at, you know, at work, but also, you know, in the home, too, you know, sure. as you're leading your sons? Wow. Let me say uh, quickly that uh, it 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 is a blessing to be a part of a congregation yeah. who is involved in Jesus' work, mm -hmm. and Jesus' work mm -hmm. includes the diversity of his creation, yes. including one another in one another's lives. Yes. Over 56 times in the New Testament, the idea of one another or one another passages literally litter God's word. So That's that right. was his intention all along. That's right. With that being said, 
I have been blessed because I came into a church, just like you said earlier, and I'm glad that Don mentioned that. What I I felt like God has included me in his plan here at North Atlanta, which had been started a long time ago. Mm. So some of the ways that I've been able, uh, it's affected my job and the way that I bless it is we are intentional, uh, if you will, like I said, I'm a communications minister, about the visuals that we use. So in church, when we we use videos or we have pictures or any of our communication, it shows diversity as we, the leaders and the church, talk about inclusion. Right. Inclusion is not in the picture. But if your congregation is trying in its diversity to be inclusive, then you need to show that you are a diverse congregation in everything that you do, stuff that you put out. Some of the other things, one of the hugest blessings. And I when I my wife and I came and we visited uh, over three years ago and my leaders sat down with me and they told me, OK, as the worship leader, we know the power of music yes. in our congregation. Yes. We have several ethnicities and people who enjoy different styles represented. We need you to lead in all of these different styles and these ethnicities. And so that uh, just, just to be, you know, just to, if, if you'll allow me just to, to speak from my flesh, can I speak from my flesh just as a straight up musician, they say, we need you to on one Sunday, we need, Chris Tomlin, and then we need right after that Fred Hammond, then we need Tasha Cobb, then we need Bethel, and we need all of them yes. on one Sunday. And I was yes. like, Yes, yes, I'm like, I'm your man. Right. <laughs> so, and so, and so, literally, I, I have come into uh, we mentioned Ken Snell, these uh, the the group, the worship uh, ministry, it's inclusive, it's diversity was already started when I got here. And so it has been a blessing. And I have been asked to come in and continue in that leadership. And then, and so that was started. Then after we get here with the blessing of that, my wife comes to me one day after coming to a conference. And now, you, now these stories are coming together. Right. That's right. There and, and was sitting in, I don't know if it was that exact room where Susan was, but in a in a thing like that where she heard. And she kept talking about Latasha, 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 Latasha. And then I heard, be the bridge, be the bridge, be the bridge. And then look at this, look at And so, and so you get God's Holy Spirit and his fire yeah. already active in a church, right? And you throw something like, holy gasoline which is be the bridge onto it you just got a big fire yeah and that's that's what we need to be that's what we we need to Mm. not only talk about the who that jesus is but live him out and as we do that in our diversity as we do that Mm. with inclusion that's tough yeah Mm. that really you have to so one of the things that i'm finding out is you have to ask yourself tough questions Yeah, about really living out who Jesus is, because just like Don said, living out Jesus includes everyone. Yes. Yeah. God, that's Mm. so much. That's so good. And and the fact that Mm. this is the thing that I've noticed, there's so many um, worship leaders. Like I know my um, best friend's husband is a worship leader and like he listens to all types of music and he just kind of how you rattled off Tasha Cobb, you know, all these different people, Bethel. Like, I know that as a person of color, we, it's like, if we're going to um, operate in this world, we have to be more exposed to yes. all types of things. But I know that's very difficult sometimes on the other side of things because some people are just used to doing one genre of music mm-hmm. and it's not a part of them. So I am so, um, I am so mm-hmm. grateful that you said that. But I want to talk about before we talk about your IDP um, program that you guys have, because you guys want to hear this. I want you to hear one of the things that they're doing um, as it relates to their staff with IDP. Um, and But before we do that, I want you to just mention you kind of talked about some of the challenges, like one of the challenges that you had was trying to find this balance of. Um, diversity in music, um, you know, multicultural um, um, awareness in your in your music mm-hmm. and how you, you do that. But what are some of the um, other challenges and pushback? Because I don't want people hearing this um, and, and, and really think like, oh, my goodness, they just 
they're just knocking it out the park, which you are. But the thing is, you've been doing this work for 17 years. <laughs> like, this, yeah. you know, so those of you who, you know, you've been on this journey for three or four years, you know, like this is for the long haul. And, you know, yes. you guys hear me say this and people who are listening, you hear me say yes. this all the time, that this is not a sprint, you know, that no. this is a marathon. I know that I will be doing this work until... You yes. know how the old folks say to Jesus Terry or that's right. Um, but I know that. So when you're signing up for this, there's not for me, it's not an end date, in which I I wish there was because at times it could be so discouraging. Like today was one of those days I was like, mm. Oh my goodness, I have to find the strength. Yes. To get on this, you know, and have this conversation when inwardly, you know, just feeling hopeless today, you know, Um, and you have those you have those moments in this journey. But knowing that, um, you know, I'm not hopeless, you know, the situation is not hopeless, that Mm. I'm looking for the opportunities. Where are the God opportunities and what's happening? And so um, I think. If you could just share maybe um, maybe one or two challenges just to kind of um, to help someone because someone is saying, you know, can it get any better? You know, yeah. I don't you know, like, um, you know, like. So what are some something that you would encourage people like maybe one of the challenges, how you resolved it or maybe something that's a challenge now that you haven't resolved? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, the first thing is, is that. You know, you can see just in Stephen's leadership, Susan's leadership, Alicia's leadership, Judy's leadership, the, the elders' leadership, that you've got people who were open to, yeah. to you know, we just want to know the Lord, right? And, I, and I, I know we say that, right? But you do. I mean, you want to know him. You want him more than your next breath. And so right. when you think about it like this, okay, here's here's like a challenge. So uh, I do a message at a conference and I teach out of Deuteronomy 10 and, you know, God is just, you know, all about, Hey, you guys were immigrants in Egypt. You know, you're going to have immigrants among you love them. Da, 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 right. So this guy comes up to me afterward, hammers me, you know, why did you have to make it political? Right. And, and so I said, well, tell me about that. We'll tell you about what, tell me about what you're feeling. Tell me about what, what you heard. Right. Um, I read a passage of scripture. You heard that like in a political context, right? And I said, but I, I obviously we're both at a spiritual conference. So you would expect me to read scripture. You wouldn't expect me to be like, oh, I can't read that scripture. I mean, we know we love scripture, da, da, da. But in this setting, when scripture speaks into something, we have to recognize that in the complexity of our world, People have got a thousand voices yelling into their heads every single day. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that someone might come at you and kind of come at you kind of in a negative way, uh, we've got to find ways to receive those initial conversations. So that's that was a big challenge. Right. So one night. Uh, Ken Snell, our executive pastor and I, we're teaching this. And this is probably 15 years ago. We're teaching this series on race and everything. And I walk down to the lobby of our church and this uh, lady takes a swing at me with her purse, hits me in the head, knocks my glasses flying. And she was so mad at me. And she was like, you know, we don't have race problems until people like you stir stuff up. Da, 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 da. You know, and so Ken, you know, he's trying to find my glasses for me. And uh, he is the most loving human I think you'll ever meet on the planet. You know, he's helping to pick up this lady's stuff. And so I said to this lady, I said, I don't believe this is how God wants us to finish our evening. Like this. You are great. Can can (laughs) we just sit down, right? Can we just sit down together, right? Well, what I started realizing was, is there were so many things that she was feeling fearful about. Mm -hmm. And one of our sisters in Christ uh, was was waiting by the door, you know, and uh, she was watching gently. And so finally, we got to a point in the conversation where I said, well, well, could she join us? She came over and sat down with us. So now you have a white lady and a black lady who love each other. And she looks at this black sister and says, so what's it like you living here? And she said, it's better. 
what, what do you mean it's better? Well, you know, I, I feel safer. I feel, and it just hit this sister. Whoa. I've known you all these years and I imagine you were processing life like I was processing life. Mm. And so what I want to say to people is sometimes that I've only been hit in the head once with a purse, right? So it's not like that. You know, it, I don't want to miscolor this. I don't want to paint it the wrong way, right? right. It's not like that's going to happen to you all the time. But what is going to happen is people are occasionally going to bubble up yeah. with what's what's hurting them. Yeah. And we've got to find ways to be able to embrace that initial wave, right? Not get lost in how it might make us feel initially so that we can kind of push forward. Now, I do want to tell a beautiful, beautiful thing is as you stay on this, God brings all these voices, like bringing Stephen and Alicia and their uh, sons to our church. You know, Steve, Stephen is a world-class worship leader, but man, he knows the Lord and he is a great leader of people, right? So God brings these gifts along, all along the way, right? The ladies leading this part of our work right now, the sisters leading this part of our work, that's what God needed and wanted to happen. So we come in, we, we have devoted the last year to a reconciliation theme since last September, okay? Mm-hmm. All year long, every single Sunday morning at the 10 o'clock hour, we lead a class on reconciliation. We've done wow. this all year long, okay? Wow. This, two Sundays ago, now the class is 50-50, white and black. It's young and old, married, not married, mixed race couples, non all that stuff is in there. We come in there and we had a conversation on reparations. What? <laughs> we, had, we had a conversation on reparations two weeks ago. And one of the things I said to the church is, everyone tells us we can't do this, but you just did it. Wow. This is what the Spirit of God can navigate if we don't lead from frailty. Don't lead from frailty. Don't lead from weakness. See, lead from the strength of Spirit. Yet, uh, Sunday, we had everyone sit around the outside of the class, put eight people in the middle, had them just talk about what do you wish everyone knew about race? Again, black, white, male, female. And wow. then anyone who wanted to come up, come up, tap them on the shoulder. They leave that circle. That person steps into the circle, shares what they got going on. And as that stuff starts to come out ooh. and people, ooh, yeah, that's good. Wow. man, mm. Stephen was in there. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is like, oh my God, Don, that's man. so beautiful. We, we're going to have, we're going to run out of time, but we have got to have another conversation um around this but before we before we i have to get, we have to talk about the id um idp, ID, IDP program yeah. and i also yeah. want to talk about the the service that you did where you brought in ruby bridges Boom. and so we got to talk about that so if you guys if you, you know if you want to hold on we're going over a little bit but you guys want to hear um mm. some of the things that they've done but one of the things that, you know, I tell people, like, if, if this is a value for you, for your church, um, if this is a part of your vision, you invest in your vision. Yeah, so, that's right. You know, so when it comes to, you know, starting uh, BTB groups, you know, um, there's training and consulting that we do with Be the, um, Be the Bridge that churches can um, can can bring us in to do that. There's an investment that comes. Yes. With that. And, yes. and then, um, you know, one of the things that I've done is I'm certified in the um cultural intelligence and you guys have certified people in your church through the um, IDP program. Yeah. And I want you to talk about that and talk about just the financial investment that your church is making because this is a part of your vision. Yeah. And that's when I know people are serious. That's right. It's like, that's if, right. You know, if, you, if you're not willing to put some budget money mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. it, you're Come not on. serious, Come you know, on. and that's real talk, you know, real Come talk on. that this, this costs money. And so yes. just like any other vision that you have as a part of your church, yes. you know, you have to be willing to invest in it, you yes. know? So, um, I want to just, if you can just tell the people what you're yep. doing with your IDP program. Yeah, we'll do it real quickly. So, uh, one of our uh, fantastic leaders here is Dr. <laughs> Major Boglin. Okay. Yes. Dr. Boglin, uh, uh, was, um, a, 
a a teacher at Abilene Christian University, and we prayed about it, reached out to him uh, 17 years ago, uh, 16 years ago, and said, man, would you come and lead our family ministry and lead our community counseling services? Okay, now you think about this. So what you're saying is that the leader of our family ministry and the leader of our counseling services, which is a huge face to the community, is a black man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't want to overlook that. Yeah, I don't want to okay. overlook what that meant for him and his wife and his amazing sons. They were young now. They're both they're both <laughs> men now. Yeah, but. Uh, but to have that kind of leadership step in and have him and his family invest the way they've invested in this church and in this community, uh, there are investments there that are there's no way to calculate. Okay, mm-hmm. but with Dr. Boglin, the fir- he's the first person went to Philadelphia and did training with what's called the IDI, which is the Intercultural Development Inventory, mm-hmm. and people. Who work in res, res life for like universities and all of that, they're familiar with this. Mm-hmm. This is going on all over the nation, okay? Right. Uh, but he did it first, then I did it. I went to Portland, Oregon, I went through the training. Then we came back, we talked to the shepherds about this. Major uh, uh, shared, not just from the, the uh, church perspective, but from a professional's perspective, man, this stuff is gold. Mm. Our shepherds made a decision to invest in certifying our staff and some of our elders, okay, then put aside the money to train 200 of our leaders. Now, if you want, I I, got to tell you, to be able to work with people like this, to serve with people like this, who put their life on the line like that, and you understand some of this, some of this is budget money that we have in our ministry. Some of it, I'm telling you, came straight out of their pockets mm. because this is their heart, their belief. They got certified in it, right? And so you got people that believe that this is what God is doing. This is what God wants to do with the world, right? Mm-hmm. So then what the IDP does is out of the IDI, each person gets an intercultural development plan. That's the IDP. So we're working these plans. I'm working mine, right? And even the two that are working theirs, you know, and that thing will kick your tail from one end to the next. You know, you think you know something, it'll tell you. And uh, so we're all growing with it. But let me speak to that for a minute. When Philando Castile was killed, the uh-huh. night that he was killed, uh, we, like I told you, we have five, five young adult children. One of our sons is adopted, and he's wrapped in a darker color skin than the rest of our family. That night, he and I were up all night together, all night. And here's what I learned. I could have cried myself to sleep for Philando Castile. My son could not go to sleep because of Philando Castile. I can cry myself to sleep, but he couldn't sleep. And what that taught me was another step in the embodiment of what's happening in in our country and in the opportunity we have to share genuine life together. Right. So real quickly, Ruby Bridges. Oh, my goodness. So uh, (laughs) my daughter and I and my son in law, we got to meet her out in California. We were like, man. And I said, Ruby, you have got to come to our church. You just absolutely have to come to our church. I've told you a story as many times as you've told you a story. You got to come to our church. Da, 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 da. And she was like, all right. And I was like, what? You know, so I, I called her and we, we go we go to town on this thing, right? So we're going to do it. And so we cast this vision that what we were going to do is in the gym, we set up a labyrinth for people to go through that trace the history of slavery from Britain all the way up into the U.S. And we come up through slavery and then the slave code, black codes, Jim Crow uh, coming into uh, uh, the civil rights movement, come all the way around. And Susan, my wife, she uh, took this on with a great team of our people. And then at the end of this journey through our gym and this this, uh, step through time, you come into a replica of her classroom at William wow. France Elementary School, uh, where she integrated in New Orleans. And then there was Ruby to meet people and to talk to her, you know. <laughs> and then we had all of these people 
Uh oh. I think we lost Don. Oh. We lost. It was so good. But you can finish the story, Susan. <laughs> okay. So you can imagine. Um, and we had our young adults, our single adults, um, just kind of like you would walk it through a museum, you know, and have a curator or someone tell you what you're looking at. Um, our young adults would stand there and tell the history as they walked through this labyrinth. And um, by the time they got to the classroom and they got to meet Ruby, um, they got, you know, it was just such an emotional experience. They had their pictures taken with her. Um, she would sign, you know, she signed some books for them. Uh -huh. And, um, I mean, it was an incredible experience for Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's so good. But the fact that you brought mm. Ruby Bridges in because you wanted your congregation to experience the yes. story, yes. to know the story. You've told them the story, but you wanted them to meet her. And I think yes. that was an investment also. So I think that's, you know, you've given so many people, if you're listening to this and you're um, a part of our community, you know, th these are a, a lot of ideas. Um, this is a, a lot to pray towards, you know, yes. I know I'm pretty sure like if, <clears throat> If some other pastors kind of reached out to some of the leaders in, in your um, your church, you guys yeah. would be willing to talk to them. We're going to do some more things, um, you know, along with this, because I just think you you guys have done such a great job and what you're doing. And I think one of the um, the key things I think that I hope that other people heard was how your elders are on board with yes. this. And so, yes. As your structure and leadership in your church, you 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 have to get people. It may not start out that way, right? But um, you know, but you have to get people that have that same type of vision. Um, yeah. That's not going to push against you know what you feel that God is calling um, the church in this because we know this is not. We know that this is not wrong. Like well, you know, no we question. we can say with one hundred percent that God yes. is backing yes. um, this type of work, yes. and He did yes. this type of work, and yes. He wants us to do this type of work. And so, a lot of times, people right now, if you if you're having issues, um, it's probably from a lack of understanding, you know, right. um, and a lack of experience that people are having. So, I and think a, you go ahead and a way to get into the conversation, like. Yeah. Along with the book, there's a video series, okay? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've encouraged people to do is, is if you want someone in the conversation, get yeah. a small group together, watch the video series, and just talk about it. Just yeah. talk through the questions, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that way, it's more like, okay, so how do I get this conversation going with people I care about? Well, sometimes you need a little conversation starter yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know something that simple and i think um the book is love first this is don mclaughlin and his wife susan and their communications and worship pastor stephen maxwell it's been a pleasure i think we could talk forever those of you who know yep. don i'm telling you he <laughs> such a joy like i mean you guys are such an encouragement to me like just having this conversation today i feel so encouraged and we we kind of have this in our um in our life yes yes <laughs> in our community yes. i'm so glad that you're a part of the community we are too and um and so we just thank you guys for coming on and thank just kind of sharing your heart your you know i did not know the story about you getting hit in the head with the first <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing things happen and when he told the story he was laughing you know i would still be traumatized and then your wife <laughs> When you, Susan, when he was telling the story, you were kind of looking like, I was like, oh, she's not, she's not happy about that. And then you started laughing. I'm like, wow. That's, yep. But that's something. So you know what? Until you've been hit in the head with a purse. We're all not, good, right? You, yeah, you ain't doing nothing. Until you've been We're all hit. good. We're all good. <laughs> so that's we are right. so grateful for you. Thank oh, you so much. We love you. Um, um, mm -hmm. For just being a part of this work and just showing churches that this is possible, that there is a different way yes. that God can transform hearts, you know, yes. that he can make things brand new. Yes. And so mm. I am encouraged by, you know, your work. And, the, and then I see this work that's happening in your family. Yeah. Um, 
this happening uh, within your personal families, like yes. where this is not just with the adults, but this is trickling down. Yes. Um, yes. And so there's some, some great things coming, you know, um, hopefully um, next year would be the bridge um, to help with that. And, and teasing yeah. you. someone said, what videos is he talking about? Um, the videos that, that he's talking about, they go with his book. Um, Love first. Mm-hmm. Love first. There's some vi- a video series um, that goes with that. So if, if you're like at the beginning stages and you're just trying to get people, um, you know, to care, you know, this is the thing yeah. we can't, we can't transform hearts, but nope. this, we can give them tools Yes, and resources in scripture that yes. does that work yes. that transforms mm-hmm. yes. hearts. So that's right. Um, this is just another resource that we have, and we just have so many people in our community um, right. I- that actually they're writing stuff, they're producing stuff. So even in the midst of the challenges, guys, even in the midst of discouragement. You know, just knowing that God is moving, yes. he's active, He's he, he has his remnant of people, yes. there are opportunities. So just my encouragement today um, that I received, um, I hope you received that, that yes. there are some opportunities that God is moving. Like everything is not chaos. Everything is not just falling apart. You That's know, right. uh, it, may appear, Amen, that way. it may appear that way, but God may uh, want to do something new and, right. um, Amen. And, right. and his people. So um, let's stay the course, you guys, no matter how long it takes, let's stay this That's course, right. recommit to this work. If you put your hand in the head in the sand, the last, you know, couple months or whatever, get back on it, you know, That's make, right. make time, invest, and we love you and thank you. And I think someone said, um, oh, they're saying, uh, oh, someone's just, we didn't, I don't have anyone on here to address um, any questions. So if there are some questions, you know, you guys can write them under the broadcast and we'll copy this into the group. I am not good at doing two things at once. Like I get ADD. <laughs> I will. I can't ask the questions and do this at the same time. Right. But um, anyway, thank you guys so much. Thank you for giving um, giving up your time tonight. You guys have a wonderful night. Night, and thank you to the Be the Bridge community for um, staying on with us a little bit longer yeah. and uh, listening to this. So share this message. Um, on your pages, share it with the leaders in your church, share it with your pastor. Here is a pastor, his wife, mm. his communications and worship pastor right here. They're doing it. This is, a, is an example. Mm. Um, and, and listen, Don is a totally different, wrapped in a totally different skin color. So <laughs> so this is a perfect example you know, for are. our audience. This mm. is a perfect example for you guys to really mm. glean from. So thank you mm. so much. We thank love you. you. Good night. Thank you for listening to this Be The Bridge production. For more bridge building resources, visit our website at bethebridge.com.